So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, The Big Kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. Man, we have got this is episode number 41. And this episode is going to be all about how to take relationships and like take them to the next level and how they can truly, really enhance your money-making capabilities in life, in business. It's the relationships that count. And I want to introduce uh, some of my great friends that we've we've got a great story to tell. And uh, this is Matt and Greg Snade of Salt Lake City in Utah. And they're big-time investors. They've taught me the business. They taught me the wholesaling business. Um, you guys taught me a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and, I, and it's funny because now I'm finally I'm – t- I'm teaching you guys yeah. a little things on apartments. So uh, welcome yeah. to the show. And uh, – that was a really crappy introduction, so I'll let you guys introduce, introduce yourselves. <laughs> it's not too bad, no, but uh, thanks for having us. I appreciate it, and good to see you doing all this stuff, and we're happy to be on here. Cool. Um, intro for ourselves. I mean, at least a brief, brief, uh, the short and quick and dirty version of what we, we go long version. I mean, I got time. Okay. All right, cool. Well, we started in wholesaling back in the very, very, very beginning, 11 years ago. We went to a Lon Grand course, five-day quick turn boot camp. And, Matt, um, Matt was working in the car wash and going to university at the time. Yeah. And uh, quickly realized that, one, I didn't like school, and two, that I liked this business. We, we did a couple of really good deals right out of the gates. Um, made me feel real good and cocky about myself at 19. And then the crash came and was a nice gut check and an ego check for me. From there, we learned how to do short sales. I became real estate agent. We did rehabs. We did some rehabs before the, the downturn as well and had some right as it was turning, which was not fun. And then got back into rehabbing, wholesaling, did some high-end remodeling, started acquiring rental properties, then started to get into new construction because some of the wholesales we found had the potential to be subdivided or compiling pieces of land together, got into new construction, then got into high-end new construction because we like nice stuff. So we like to build nice stuff. And then from there is kind of where we're at now. So we're phasing out a new construction. Um, We're doing some development, land entitlement and development, high highest and best use stuff, which is kind of our active money. And then we're converting all of our active money into long-term money, long-term wealth. <laughs> Legacy wealth, baby. <laughs> so let's tell them our story, dude. Let's tell them how we met because so I've known Matt and Greg for, is it, I want to say it's eight years, maybe nine. 
It's yeah, probably closer to nine, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. Matt, right when you were, you were, I think 21. So, you just turned 21. Yeah. I mean, I know we, we ended up going meeting on the trolley and then going to a bar. So I was 21 at least. Uh, well, so maybe not, not, not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Maybe he was 20 and he just never got carded. <laughs> yeah. So we met, so I met Greg and Matt. We went to a Karen Hanover apartment. Uh, DC Fawcett was launching this. If you guys remember DC Fawcett, Karen Hanover, we won't talk about that event because it, but it was honestly the biggest event I've ever seen ever. For, for affiliates, right? There was about, it was in the, uh, what arena was that in? What did the, they have it in? They switched the venue like yeah. twice because it kept filling up the venue they were at. But I don't know. It was some, it was almost like a country music hall. It was where, uh, it was where John Travolta did the big uh, urban cowboy, urban cowboy thing. Yeah. Yeah. That place was gigantic, dude. And the, I've never seen so many people in one spot in a venue coming to like learn about real estate. That's that's the biggest I've ever seen. Yeah. I've never so, seen one bigger. Yeah. And dude, it was like a frenzy, nuts. Like people would pitch and they'd be like, and you need to go the first 20 people that come to this spot and you want to talk about a crowd rush. I mean... Oh my god, dude! Somehow in that event, so but it was like a four-day event, three-day event. Yeah, and so it's in downtown Dallas, right. and uh, so I'm I'm there by myself, all by myself, trying to find other investors like you do at every seminar you ever go to. Like, who's some players that I can like figure some stuff out with? Yeah, learning, trying to learn a multifamily apartments, and uh, I go. I'm it's end of the night. I'm uh, gonna go out to where all the cool people hang out and they're on the uh, corner of a corner waiting for the bus. I meet Matt and Greg. Yeah. Yeah. There was was no one else at the trolley. I think you were already there. We rolled up the trolley rolled up and then like the three of us got on and sat next to each other. And it was like, one of us was like, so what are you doing here? You know, where are you from? And you're like, Oh, from Arizona. I'm here for some, some course. And we're like, Oh really? We're here for a course too. Which one? And just so happened that uh, we were at the same course. And dude, ever since then, we've had, we've been, we've, we've known each other. I mean, we've kept in contact like tremendously. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 We went out, we had drinks, we got some dinner. We spent the whole entire night together, got to know each other. And then kind of that was like, we became buddy, buddy. Cause in that sea of how many ever thousand people were there. It was almost hard to meet people because there were so many people. You yeah. couldn't find the players because there was too many people in general. Hey, I tag, I tagged you guys as farther down the road than I was. So I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to grab, I'm just going to grab onto their coattails and <laughs> see what they know. Well, the, the interesting thing about that is that you meet a lot of people. I mean, you go to a lot of seminars and you meet a lot of people, but very few of them, you actually really click with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're on the same wavelength, you you know how to have fun together. It's there's this certain vibe that happens, right? Yeah. And when you and when you get that vibe, it keeps drawing you together, right? Yeah. It's always good with us. We've always drawn one another together and we've gone on of our way to get together since then. We've oh yeah, without a doubt. Here we've got together. If we're flying in Phoenix, we always get together with you and Shelly. 
you know, we're always doing stuff together because we have a lot of fun together. Yes. Yes. Like you've got to find people that you can have fun with. Right. Very hard to do. I I know you've got to, but they also have to be like really hard workers. They got to have smarts. All those things have got to come together. But on top of that, you've got to be able to have fun with them. Right. You got to laugh. Right. Well, it's hard to do in this business is, I mean, well, it's hard to find people that are on the same level or even in the same mindset as you, whether on the higher level, lower level, when you start to get into it, you realize it's kind of a lonely world. And if you're not sharing your successes or being able to talk to people about it and they have similar successes, you almost, I don't know, it just doesn't jive all the time and it kind of feels lonely. So it's nice to find people that are at your level, even if they're halfway across the country. Amen to that. Hey, man, are you 30 now? I'm 31 now, yeah. Okay, so dude, this has been 10 years. We've known each other for 10. Yeah. There's without a doubt, I know it's 10. Because now here's what's crazy. So I remember in my mind, looking at a father-son, just so you guys, just in case you were wondering, if you're watching this on YouTube, this is father and son. They share the last name, Snade. I just learned how to spell it last week. I've known him for 10 years. <laughs> I've, been, I've been spelling it wrong. I've been saying their name wrong for 10 years. <laughs> this year, 2018, I made it my goal to say it right and spell it right. Yeah, it's not an easy one. But I remember watching you guys. I mean, what I looked at, what I saw was I was like, man, that is so cool. Cause I had a young son and I'm like, man, I only wish. And, and just that my son wants to do real estate and, and to be with your dad and be on the journey. Like you guys were on the journey just like I was, but you guys were doing it together. Yeah. And um, you, you had wisdom of a father and the youth and like entrepreneur, like let's go get it as from a son. Yeah. And and it's always been in a way that way. It's a very, it's a very unique dynamic. I've not seen very many people that do it well, and you guys do it amazingly well, right? Your guys' relationship is amazingly like solid, and I you just don't see that for very many father son deals. But well, Greg, people come up to us at seminars about is because whether they run into us or go to dinner with us or we're up on stage or whatever it may be, they always come up and they're just like, Oh, like what you say, like, I want my son. I want that relationship. How do you guys do it? I mean, that is, it's a unique thing. I mean, I, a lot of people get into business with family and it goes sour fast. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's very unique. We're very appreciative and, and don't take it for granted. But the thing about that is that it doesn't always happen that, you and your son or you and your daughter are on the same wavelength. Yeah. I mean, we've been very fortunate that we think a lot alike. He's got certain strengths and I have certain strengths and we can play off one another. Um, He's had a desire since day one to do this. Okay. I mean, I invited him to a seminar because I had a free ticket. Right. And (laughs) And it just happened that it worked out. Well, it was good because I, I had just gone for a, a interview to get to go from like a you know the detail bay, which is already kind of the higher part of the the car wash, to supervisor, and get <laughs> it because of you know some technicalities and stuff. And I was pissed off, I and mean, then I was like, "Screw this! I'm not going this traditional route." 
And this popped up. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's but, awesome. So even that relationship, we're talking about relationships today. Even that relationship, everything has got to be in alignment, right? The stars have got to set up right. I mean, I've got great relationships with my daughters, but my daughters are not going to be doing this business with me. Okay. Right. I've had the right personality, the right fit to do that. Our relationship, it was the right fit, right? You, yeah. But you have to go and you have to be finding these good fits because the only way that you are going to really go above and beyond is to do it with other people that you fit well with. Yeah. Well, and that leads us into the segue of probably, you know, uh, well, I want to give a little more flavor too on what we've done too. Like, so, and also to let everybody know that like, so just so if you're wondering, Matt and Greg are ballers. Okay. These guys are seven figure guys. They are no, I mean, they didn't really give me any figures or numbers, but they, they do a lot of business and they've done a, a good amount of business. And in fact, for the longest time, I feel like you guys were coaching me because I was still, I feel like I was always a little bit behind the eight ball when I was doing fix and flips. You know, you guys had learned how to do short sales before I did. So I've always been playing catch up, trying to figure out like which you guys had already like kind of figured out a little bit, right? And that's really been a good half of our relationship was you guys were really feeding me yeah. Like, Corey, hey, we care about you. We like you. Here's some things we figured out. And um, it's, I mean, hell, you guys gave me my first credibility kit. <laughs> I mean, we were always... Um, or my private, my private money program. Yeah. Right. We, we always wanted to share with you, you know, whatever we had to share. And, you know, now you, you took the leap. You did multifamily. Uh, we weren't ready for that, and now you're sharing that with us. So it's you know we all isn't that cool though. So yeah. for 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 everybody, so here's here's what's cool. So ten years in the making, about five years into the gamut of wholesaling and fixing and flipping, um, Peterson truly decided to take a, a stage left, and that's where I was like, man, I'm going to do multifamily, and so I started buying some multifamily and really kind of took a trajectory that way. And about a year or two in the multifamily business, I was still needing income, right? And I went to Matt and Greg, and they showed me how to market doing wholesale business, right? And um, yeah, paid you guys out. some money. You guys just laid it out on the table. And, dude, it helped me immensely because it solved a short-term problem for cash flow, yeah. right? And then you guys have been, like you just said, you figured out development. you know. And the one thing I'd always admired about you guys is, is that – Matt, you've made this statement numerous times, I believe, is like, take what the market's giving you. Like, speak about that because people need to hear that crap too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when or why it stuck with me, but I'm kind of, I guess I like to do things the easy way. Um, and therefore, as we started to get into business and we would run into something, I don't know, I guess it was, you see sometimes has better insight about what I do because he's watching from an outside perspective than myself. But like, I think early on, I just started to not like when we were turning our wheels and not getting traction. I'm like, okay, there's got to be an easier way. Like, you know, life hacking and figuring things out. That's kind of my thing. Like there's a long light and two turn lanes, two left turn lanes uh, to go left of the light. And like in our city, there's tracks on one light and then there's not tracks, but there's people driving the tracks as the, 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 the trolleys, right? So there's people driving the trolleys. You can go in the, tra the trolley lane and the trolley is not going to hit you. 
And so people get scared and nobody's in that lane, but there'll be 30 cars in this lane to turn left. I'm the guy that goes in the trolley lane, goes up to the front of the line. You know, I'm not going to be the one that follows the sheep and all that kind of stuff. And so whenever we run into a business model that doesn't seem to be working, I quickly go, okay, let's take a look. Let's take a step back here and look at this business model and see what else we can do or if we can do something different or if the market's giving something and talk to a couple people and I'll start, you know, go to three, four lunches a meet a week with everybody in our market and make calls to people like you and other markets to see what's going on. Um, yeah. It was invaluable for us to make shifts at different points. I, I think, I think what really got us into our first shift was in the crash. Okay. So we'd been in the business since 06 and we'd done a few flips We'd had some good success and then the market changed. Okay. And we went, Oh crap. What yeah. are we going to do? Right. And it forced us, it forced us to look at what we were doing and say, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. The market has totally changed. And so that made us shift into short sales and we learned that whole business, like just, we knew it so well. Yep. Um, and it took us, I don't know, six, seven, eight months to actually make a deal at work. But then we took off on that. And then short sales kind of weren't as great anymore. More people getting into it, not as many deals. And so we had to shift again. And what we found is that just about every two years, we have to shift. And so we've got program for that. Now we're looking, and once we've been in the business for two years, doing the same thing, we go, okay, what are we going to do next? Now that also gets complicated with the fact that Matt and I are kind of like, we, we get bored of doing the same thing, right? A little bit of ADD. <laughs> <laughs> once we've done something for a couple of years, it's like, what are we going to do next, right? And then you do from short sales, then you do wholesaling, and then you, know, you do uh, a lot of different other types of flips. And then you do development. Then you start doing some bigger all, deals. Yeah, all of this stuff. And I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the biggest things that caused one of our biggest shifts was we were at, a, I think it was at Collective Genius. We were there and somebody talked about adding a zero to your profit. So yeah. most people in the flip business make, they're trying to get $30,000 as their profit, right? Yeah. And somebody, what if... You added a zero to that. And you said, how do I make $300,000 on a, on a deal, right? That may have been Jack Boss that become, I think that had that presentation. It, it, it could have but been. Because I, I remember, because it was like, add a zero to what you're doing, right? Right. And, and, we, and we came back and we said, we need to do that. And we made a shift and we did that. And now, and now what we're saying is, okay, you can shift by adding a zero to 30000 to make 300000 What's to stop you from adding a zero and making three million? Adding right? one more, baby. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, when you were doing your stuff and 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 you had your ups and downs going through the oh, yeah. path, right? Yeah, yeah. But in the last little while, it's all been coming together and it's like this is a way to add another zero. It's crescendo. Like, so it's funny because I mean, I didn't realize that it takes, there is a, uh, a process, right? Of you find a good asset, you operate, you make some cash flow, but it's not a lot in the beginning. Uh, not, it all depends. 
But and then when you you incubate that thing for five years, and when you incubate it right and you keep growing the NOI, there's a point in time where you can honestly sell it. And like like we, you know, I sold my property, I made a crap ton of money. Yeah. And it was like, oh my gosh, like whoa. And then but that and I luckily I had a couple more deals in the pipeline too. And now those are starting to get incubated. Now they're starting to really cash flow. And um and, and now we're here where um we're getting ready to do uh, like we're gonna do a deal together. So like Hawkeye Towers, Hawkeye we're doing Towers. this deal, Hawkeye Towers. Um, I found it, and this is the great thing about multifamily, and this is why I truly love it, is because I have friends like you and Matt, where like why not? Why wouldn't I call you and say, hey, listen, I've got this deal. Let's do it together. Because wow. honestly, it's a team sport. And there's enough spoils to make you money, to make me money, that we all can get paid and have a good time doing it. Right. And, uh, and share in the load of work. Yeah. Yeah. And have fun doing it. Which is raising private money. I mean, the work is truly raising private money. To yeah. share, and you guys are going to help me raise capital for this deal, and um, and like we're going to close, and we're going to have a ten point six million dollar asset together. Yeah, and I couldn't think of a group, a couple guys that I would rather do it with. Oh, yeah. Like that's that's that easy. And yeah. when we're said and done, now I don't know if this is true or not, but like in my magical, like in my little voodoo ball that I'm looking at. Yeah. I think we make, I think when we sell it, I think we make 10 million. Okay. Profit. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even crapping. I know our numbers don't project that. I know our numbers don't project that, no, but I'm just yeah. going to tell you, I think we'll sell it at, I think we'll sell this property at a four cap. Yeah, I really do. And I think yeah. we will make, um, if we hold it for, uh, well, we'll probably hold it for a bit longer, maybe maybe seven or eight years. But um, there'll be a time where we, when we ready, we're ready to sell, we are going to be so fat on it, right? That, and why not? Yeah. Well, and and the way we look at it is that okay, this is our first multifamily deal, one, one that we actually are raising money for owning. I mean, we've been involved in other deals, but smaller stuff. Right. Um, this is the first big one we've done, but. This is certainly not the last. I mean, we want to get this one uh, put to bed and then find another one and find another one and just keep doing it. Because why not? Once this has been put to bed and it's closed and we own it and AFI is doing the management on it, what is there for us to do? Like wash, rinse, and repeat. Right. Go get some more money. (laughs) And that leads us to the next discussion of OPM. (laughs) Because a lot of people used to say, hey, Corey, go find the deal. And and finding deals are important. I I believe that. But dude, the real um, bread and butter in this business, in the syndication business, is finding the money. He who can produce capital. um, and But it's honestly the same thing. Which, which was what we're talking about is relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yes. You know, when you are going out and talking to people about Hawkeye Towers, you're talking to people, number one, who know, like, and trust you, yeah, first we, of all. What we call BLT. So yeah. believe, like, trust. 
if they don't believe, like, and trust you, you're going to have a hard time getting anywhere, no matter how good the deal is. You know, we were talking, I was meeting with somebody earlier today about the deal, talking to them about commercial and if they wanted to be active or passive and all that kind of stuff. And they go, well, what's, what's been the key to raising capital? Do you know, did they say one deal compared to the next? Does it make it easier? This and that I said, has nothing to do with it. It's all dictated about the relationship that you have with those people, how much they believe, like, and trust you. And uh, yeah, the deal has to be good. The numbers have to be good. We wouldn't be doing the deal if the numbers didn't pan out. But two good deals next to each other of somebody who doesn't have good relationship versus somebody who does, uh, you're going to get money a lot easier. And the good thing about our business is we haven't really talked about this much, but we focused really heavily on branding in the early part of our business where we did a lot of marketing we brought a lot of people in as private lenders on our smaller, quicker deals where they come with 50 grand. And the next day, they're like, that went well. Can I bring 100 grand? And then it turned into a couple hundred grand. And then we're you know, giving them referrals on how they can use their self-directed or turn their, their IRA 401k into money and keep re-upping, re-upping. So now we're at this point where we've got money that's already been trained and is used to us and we can convert a lot of that while we're also keep building more and more and more relationships and guess what? The, the foundation of that is also integrity. We've always done what we say we're going to do. We've always paid back our private lenders. And that's always been told to us, thank God, through all the trainings and seminars we went to, is always make sure that those OPM guys are your number one. And it's more Take care of the money, and the money takes care of you, right? Uh, well, and then they start talking to their friends. You know, I was talking to one of our uh, lenders. And she said, well, would it be okay if I talked to some of the people that I know that have money? Because this sounds like a pretty good deal and maybe they'd like to get in. And I said, sure, you know, let's, let's get in. But, but by the same token, you know, the relationship that we have with you and the relationship that we all have with AFI is extremely important to this deal, okay? Because smart people, I mean, if you're putting in 100 grand or more into a deal, you're not just not doing any due diligence. You're going to check these people out, right? And so even if they like us, they want to know who you are and they want to know who AFI is. Just like, you know, a couple of our investors who you were, you've been talking to, they called you up and said, you know, Greg says you're in this deal. You know, who are you? What do you do? Yeah. You know, of course, after talking to you, they're even more solid coming into the deal. But, you know, I talked to another one, John Barbie today, you know, he needs more information on AFI. That, he, wants, he wants to understand that relationship. Yep. Because when deals go bad, it's because the relationship is bad. And so if <laughs> we've got all good relationships and they're verifiably good relationships, people go, well, why wouldn't I do this deal? Right. And it's about the communication too. It's yeah. really about being um, full, you know, here it's full disclosure, full docs, right? Like, listen, we've got nothing to hide. We know what, here's everything that we know. And, you know, if we don't know, we'll find out. But I mean, we really have done our job vetting the deal. You guys went to uh, Hawkeye Towers, spent a day, you know, people say, oh, you only spent a day there. Listen, we hire people that spend weeks there. Yeah. And, um, so all we, they just, we, but you got it. But when you go there, you get a new appreciation for it. Right. For sure. It, it brings a whole new level of realness to it. But like we plan on spending multiple days there 
And I look at multifamily properties locally here all the time, whether it's for us or clients or whatever, or just generalizing, looking at deals to see what the market's like and watching other investors do deals. We went out there and no joke within four hours or less, I look at them and I'm like, we we can go home tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is the cleanest deal I've seen. This is like the cleanest property that I've seen. It's like, like full brick construction. Like I almost feel like you set it up to me, like you're like so that we were just like home run, like out of the park, and it was just like this is too perfect. <laughs> hey, uh, so if it makes you feel any better, so I just did a. Or we're almost finishing up with a deal with Corey Boatwright and Sean Terry, and I, I want to say they had the same exact experience. Yeah, <laughs> they get there. And they're like, oh my God, like, this is awesome, right? And so then, but they had a deal that we wanted to go look at that they had thought they found. Like, oh, I think this is a deal too. And I was like, I don't think it's a deal, but let's go. And so we get there and we're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, okay. And I actually did a podcast on that uh, whole thing. And anyways, the short story is we finally got back in the car. We get back to our property. They're like, Oh my God, that's so much better. Like we're back in the nice stuff, right? Because yeah. it was getting really uh, sketch. Yeah. And um, so, and that's, hey, here's a, a good example of, listen, people think that you got to buy this rundown piece of crap to make money yeah. in the multifamily world. Right. And that it's all section eight is where you got to make money and um, you got to buy just these old ass properties yeah. and it's really not true. Not even close. No. So no, no. we're buying like, a property that's already occupied like someone, a lot. Yeah. When someone calls me on some of these, it's investors, a lot of people that are doing what we did, which is graduating up to the next level from single family to multifamily. Right. And they're trying to find that first one. So they call me to partner on it or get some advice or, you know, help them out. And the last three, four properties I've been through locally here were like, 90% vacant, bums breaking in, broken windows, completely run down, you know, needles on the ground, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's not just, just because you go flip and buy a rundown vacant property in single family doesn't mean you have to do that in multifamily. Right and now, God, yeah. you, that, you know, because that's kind of what you assume that you have to find this value add, typical value add remodel. And that's not always the case. Hey, I just thought of something I got to share. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm already laughing i'm just thinking about it okay so i'm gonna bring up rhyme garden <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so about four three years ago i i called greg and matt up i'm like hey listen i want to partner on a deal with you an apartment deal and they're like yeah Corey, let's go so i take him to this deal called rhyme garden in um birmingham alabama birmingham alabama and probably not the best Type of now I've learned since then uh, that you don't bring new time investors into a brand new deal that's like a Rhyme Garden because Rhyme Garden was going to be like a four million dollar project. Now we ended up not getting that thing under contract, but if we did, it would have made us millions. I mean, stupid millions of dollars. But <laughs> it was something like it was like oh, you didn't have that warm and fuzzy at that property. <laughs> <laughs> and 
what makes it even better is we were all in uh, the uh, uh, Hampton Inn shuttle bus, and we do a 360 in the middle of the interstate. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember it. Oh, my God. So we're, we're, this young kid, about 18, is driving the little shuttle bus, picks up Greg and Matt. I'm there. We're like, all right, we got them. And we're coming back. And, like, it never snows in Birmingham except for the time that we're there. And, like, there's not even but, like, a half an inch of snow. See, now, in Utah, this is not a big deal, okay? Wow. Like, people know how to handle this stuff, okay? But in Birmingham, Alabama, a half an inch is, like, three feet, okay? <laughs> and, like, things happen to the brain that they don't understand. And so this guy ends up getting on the brakes too hard and, and like, real quick. And then all of a sudden, the back end starts coming around. And luckily, we're slowed down. But, it, I mean, and right in the middle of the freeway, we do a full 360, dude. <laughs> well, actually, actually, I think it was uh, because I remember looking at the traffic. It was a 180 because he went around. He did a 180. We were staring at the traffic coming towards us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We had it. We had a. We had to flip it around. Oh yeah. my God, dude. This guy, he didn't even know what he was like locked up. Yeah, and we're like, hey, do we need to drive, dude? Do we need to get. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So um, I don't know why I tell that story, but I just I thought about like the difference between the Hawkeye Towers. And here's what's cool about Hawkeye Towers is that I wasn't even with you guys. You guys went by yourself. I was yeah. actually in um, Hawaii living yeah. my sunsets and palm trees life. And, um, and you guys went by yourself, but it was great because you got to experience it totally with, you know, from your point of view and not with any outside influence, which, which would be me. Yeah. Right. And so you got to make your own assumptions. And I remember you calling me saying, dude, yeah, yeah, this is, this is pretty, solid. It was pretty obvious. You know, we had planned to be there longer as Matt said, but it's like when you're down there and AFI has got seven people on the ground with a command center built they're yeah. going to be and all the tables yeah three days there they've got their little op center going they got people going through every single unit they've got a crew that's copying 300 leases and going through all of those i mean and then they've got a, a group of subcontractors that are coming in that are going to go through the whole project to verify what the capex expenditure is going to be it's kind of like uh, why do we need to be here? This is like, yeah. we can look at it. It looks good and we can move on. You know what my favorite thing to do when I go to those things? Hey, I just like to buy dinner for everybody for AFI. Right? That's yeah. my, they always like, cause I'm going to buy it anyways. Right? Yeah. I'm paying for it one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but also is to just show them that the owner's here, <laughs> right? Hey, what are you? Um, I'm just the guy that's paying for it. That's all. I mean, like, <laughs> I just want to let you know that the owner is here and then we'll see you next year. Right. So we'll see you at the next deal. Cause I, it's always the same group of guys Yeah, and, yeah. um, and they're good dudes. I mean, they're honestly, you guys met Dan, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're all really Dan. Tall. Dan's a, a former, uh, Marine, highly trained Marine. And, uh, and he's very passionate yeah. about what he does. Yeah. And well, um, it's funny because the owner of the property, yeah, the, the seller was on site that day and well, uh, somehow down the line didn't get how intense this site visit was supposed to be. And he thought we were going to kick the tires, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And he does, apparently doesn't come on site very often when, you know, he's kind of a, you know, it's an out-of-state project for him, but... He had flip-flops on. Yeah, and he, he, he was quickly like, oh, no, you can't go through them all. You can't do this, this, this. And AFI is like, they're, like, they're solid dudes and they're smart, but they also don't take any bull crap. And they're like, no, we're here. We flew out here. We're doing this. We gave you notice. One way or another, we're getting all this done. And the guy's like, okay. <laughs> and it was just like, there was no if, ands, or buts about it. You know, it was pretty cool. This, this guy, this previous seller was so hands-off that while we were there, it was the orientation. So the new students are coming in, right? The university, the, the community college across the street, which is right across the street, they call up and they say, um, are you guys going to have like a table over here or something? I mean, we got all kinds of people that are looking for accommodation, looking for apartments, and you're not over here. And they... Oh, oh, yeah, I guess we should get somebody over there. But I mean, how like retarded is that? You know? All the marketing is only in one place, right, right across the street. And this, the current owner's group can't even get that right. Yeah. And so AFI, they, they told me, they called me about that. And they're like, dude, uh, listen, we, this is going to go way better than we expect. We're not going to have any issues. We think we can raise the rents. Just based on when we start doing our marketing campaign and doing it right, we'll have so many people wanting to come into this place. Right. It'll be easy, right? right? And even after, so I actually went, I went, so I just went there, by the way. Um, you guys maybe saw my video. So yeah. I had, cause I like, even though I was, couldn't make it while I was in Hawaii, I still had to go put my, my feet on the dirt as well. And so when I got there, I was like, I was smiling, you know, ear to ear too. I was like, oh my God, I don't think I've ever seen such nice buildings. Yeah. Like it's full brick, the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, only in Iowa do we find that, right? Yeah. And um, dude, it's just, I mean, it's a solid property and doesn't even have a pool. I'm like, great, because like students would screw that up. Yeah. Did, did you arrange for that basketball game? No, but it was, it was there and I was like, I talked with some of the kids there, like what they thought about the property. Um, yeah. They liked it. I went yeah. to uh, a, a tavern that night. And uh, talked to some, uh, the bartender used to go to school there. Yeah. I knew about those apartments. Actually, had stayed at those apartments. Oh, too. really? Yeah. So she had some really good insight. Yeah. And um, it was just a really, and then we talked about the community and how that, uh, that uh, community college was so key in right. that they were smart in what they were doing and it's growing, but they're providing the types of uh, services that are really needed. So they have like a driver's driver's would, uh, as far as truck driving school. Yeah. yeah. Truck driving school. I mean, they're heavy in uh, trade stuff as well. Uh, doctors, nursing, dentists, uh, the, the truck driver school, police Academy. And then the cool one that I thought was pretty cutting edge and caught me off guard was the gamers school. Like so they have a course and specific guideline for online gaming, which is blowing up and huge. Now it seems weird, but they actually have a curriculum and a team, a sports team of gamers, which is there's one of the one of the first in the country to offer that. So, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it it gives me a hope that they're not necessarily behind the times, right? Some schools or some th areas are not accustomed to or willing to change. They're already thinking a couple of steps ahead, which means that the longevity of the school has probably got a pretty good chance to be 
continue growing and continue doing well. The, the school's newer. It was modern. It was when I heard Waterloo, Iowa, Waterloo, Iowa, I mean, the first call we did on this, I was like, Corey, what deal are you giving us here? Like, you know, I was not stoked to go out there. And when we went through, like, everything's newer. The buildings are newer. The buildings on site are modern. I was like, okay, this is actually a pretty cool little town. It's a sleeper, dude. What? So sleeper. This is where this is where most investors, that it doesn't, that deal never fell on anybody's radar. And now, how did I get the deal? Because now this is the power of closing and transacting. Because I transacted in uh, my Eagle Village property, right, in Indiana, like two uh, last year, the same brokers called me up and said, Corey, we got another deal. And I thought they said from the same seller, but it's not the same seller. But anyways, but they're like, hey, we know that it's like, it's a lot like the deal you just bought. We want you in the deal. And so they queued me up. We didn't even have the highest and best. Like I didn't have to compete with any other investors on this deal. Yeah. And well, so, but then once we, we looked at the uh, demographics of Waterloo, Iowa, it's a little smaller than we would market than we normally do. And our only caveat for us is we weren't able to get 75% leverage. We had to get 65% leverage, which means we have to put a little bit more money in the game. Yeah. But we still looked at the numbers and the numbers still work with that in factored in. I mean, this will be a legacy property. We, we could probably keep this one for as long as we want until it just makes like our spider sense tingling and says sell for a maximum and make that $10 million profit. Like, right. And dude, that's the power of like the whole team and the relationships that we've built, even with AFI, with you guys. And when we bring it all together, I mean, magic happens. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that I never really realize the impact that these deals have because no one ever talks about it is the tax impact and me being a tax guy from way back it's like that's a big deal to me but when i found out that in the first year you could write off over three million dollars on this deal like through accelerated depreciation yeah offset against other income and that flows through to all the investors it's like oh, this is big. You know, it's not just a 12% return, but it's also the benefit that you get from that tax savings. Yeah. Huge. It's really good. Hey, we just did my podcast. I just did last uh, episode 40. You can, we can uh, listen to Duckett and Ladd, uh, Bill Ladd. We just talked about cost segregation on that podcast. So check that one out for sure, because it directly just talks about, um, and, and for everybody that's listening right now too, when you get home or whatever, go Google Hawkeye Towers, Waterloo, Iowa, so you can see this property. Because it is, I mean, it really is a, a really gem in my mind of, of what you can do. Like, so 2005, 2006 construction, we're making money from the day we buy it. And it can only, and our income will only go up because like we're going to raise rents. Uh, you know, tenants expect rents to go up and we never disappoint them. Yeah, right. Well, and the other the other beauty is that it's all students that have their parents backing their lease. So it's not like you've got a bunch of students and they're gonna, you know, crap on their lease or whatever. It's like, no. When we were down there, we're sitting in the in the show suite and the parents are bringing the students through, right? Yeah. It's not the students that are asking any questions. The parents are asking the questions from the leasing agent. 
they're the ones that are going to be paying for this place, right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Right. And well, the other cool thing is, is like you'd say it's 75 units. Again, when you first brought us the deal, I was like, oh, this is like the smaller side of what you deal with. But then it's like, oh, but we have 296 leases. And if you raise rent $15 or $25 per lease, no one's going to leave. That's not going to upset the market. That's a pretty dramatic effect on your NOI if you do that every couple or every Big year. Big time. Yeah. And, and then, because you're doing it per, per room. So yeah. it's even so like our cost to operate is still the same as if it was like an apartment building. But right. our rent income is like three times the amount because we're doing it by the room. Yeah. Right. And then a, a really good point that AFI brought up as we were talking about them is that, you know, we look at the different things of what can go wrong. Worst case scenarios. Da, da, da. Well, right now we don't have much competition. There's a property next door that wasn't built as student housing. It's studios. It's not comparable in the sense it's it, it, that's the only other one available right across the street, but it's just not quite as nice or new. If they remodel and raise rents, guess what? We're still better than them. We get a raise rents. If someone comes in and says, oh, there's a huge need for more student housing. Let's build a project. They build a nice new project. They come in at market rents. And then we look like we're a smoking deal and we can raise rents again. So what? there's not a lot that can go really wrong about what, who, who can come in and do what, you know? I didn't look at the plot plan, but do we have any room to build on the backside? There's vacant land all over, yeah. I mean, so I always wonder, my, man, I wonder if... because if, I don't know if it's on our property uh, as far as if we have... I looked at the last... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. I want to check it out, see if, we, if there's any space. Well, it's surrounded by cornfields. Yeah. There's nothing but corn. Hey, so say, hey, we need another, uh, you know, give, get, get the uh, landowner to give us another 100 foot, you know, yeah. and uh, we just add some, some more units, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, God, it's a beautiful thing. Yep. So, <laughs> hey, this has been a fun show, man. So I know there's people that are wanting to know, like, because you guys know so much, so much. And I know you guys don't really teach, but uh, how do people – if they want to get a hold of you or figure you out, like what's the best way for people to get a hold of you guys? Uh, just or email. find you. Email would be the best probably. And then from there we can kind of chat further if we need to, but yeah, we're an open book. Like you said, we don't sell anything. I'm not a big info guy. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I put my money where my mouth is. I make money off of helping people and doing deals with people, you know? Amen to that, brother. Um, if, you, if people want to reach out, it's Matt or Greg. So that Matt or Greg at the move group.com move is with a U. So T H E. M U V E G R O U P, the move group.com. So I think, what about your guys' website? Where's your website at? Uh, the move group.com as well. Yep. Okay. So, so it's Matt at the move group.com or Greg at the move group.com. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Yeah. No, thanks for having me. <laughs> this, this has been an awesome, uh, awesome treat because, you know, we've never really told this story uh, publicly to anybody. But I mean, we got a really cool story. I mean, we started as friends. We went to seminars together. I remember going to uh, where you guys, gosh, when we went to San Diego, you guys, uh, it was a uh, realty, no, real, real flow. Real flow, yeah. Real flow, yeah. Yeah, right. And Fan Merrill, Fan Merrill was there. Greg Clement. Greg Clement, yeah. Jeff Watson. Jeff Watson. It's where you guys met Jeff Watson, yeah. who helped you guys get into Collective uh -huh. Genius. And then yeah. you guys got me into Collective Genius as a referral. Right. And yeah. all because of that, everything like everything that I can really attribute to my success, part of it, you guys have had a little instrument piece of it 
in every in every step. Right. Yeah, and 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 vice versa. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, yeah. and well, the, awesome. here's the fun thing: yeah. we're just getting started. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we are just now starting to get some traction on some stuff that the legacy part of what we're doing, like we've been grinding for a long time. And this is what I talk about for everybody that's listening to my podcast about the hustle and grind. You guys know it well. I know it well. It's real. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like we both have kind of made commitments to like, let's work smarter, not harder. And let's get stuff that comes in time and time again. So like, Matt, with your, uh, your development stuff, those are big paychecks that you're doing, but you're also doing it with your mind because you're just seeing a piece of vacant land. So, and, well, some of their stuff's a little bit different, but on stuff that you're just improving the land, that's really an idea to improve it. I'm selling so, a, yeah, take a vacant, I'm, a, I'm kind of the visionary. That's one of my best attributes, I guess you could say, that makes me the most money is my, my ability to envision what could be and taking from a bird's eye perspective, whether it's a city or a neighborhood or whatever, and what can be a, a good addition to that area. And I come up with that. I do all the research and I put together a very well thought out presentation. That's basically a vision. And then I sell that vision to somebody. So for me to be able to <laughs> make money off of just coming up with a really good, clear idea and then properly conveying that idea, that's, that's right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I think, I mean, I, you do it better than anybody I've seen. Uh, honestly, hands down, you truly have a gift of that. That's amazing. And so, like, you've been making good chunks of money, like, a lot more money. That's your add a zero to it the first time. Yep. And then partnering with me, I guarantee we're adding another zero, if not two. Yeah, it's, right? it's really monopoly, right? Like, because I take that money to active income, and we're rolling it into safer, long-term legacy money. And adding, you take this where we went from wholesale flips to, de- to or yeah, wholesales to development wholesales and adding a zero from that to there and then adding another zero by taking into the commercial real estate. And it's just, you know, monopoly trade up some houses for some, you know, commercial and then trade some commercial for some bigger commercial. But when we look relationships, relationships equal monopoly. That's the name of the segment. <laughs> when we were looking at the ways, cause we really got tired of paying taxes. Okay. Right. And, uh, and, and most people that hit our levels, taxes can take a big chunk, right? Yeah. And so we started uh, really building up the retirement accounts and saying we're going to do more deals in retirement accounts because we didn't have to pay taxes in those retirement accounts. These are Roth IRAs and 401ks, no tax because of my age. We're, we're, gonna, we're just going to do our deals there until we found out about this, okay? Because there is enough tax shelter that comes off of these deals. So we're doing development deals. Let's say you make three, four hundred thousand dollars on a on a development deal. Right. It's very conceivable that you don't have to pay any tax on that because you can shelter it from the apartment deals that you take. Right. So we'll get, let's let's give a quick example. Let's use University Cry, or uh, Hawkeye. Right. So wow. we get a three million dollar write off. We take a million and a half. Right. Because wow. the other half goes to our investors. Right. Um, and so let's just we'll call our relationship a fifty fifty. So for easy right. math. Right. Yeah. That's seven fifty for me. Yeah. And seven fifty for you. Right. 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 So you can offset because we're both real estate professionals. Right. We can offset any additional income. With that write-off, let's say we only make um, first year of the apartment business. Uh, we get an acquisition fee of 100k, yeah. and 
maybe we make fifty thousand dollars in cash flow a piece, right? right. Yeah. So that's one hundred and fifty. But yeah. you made four hundred thousand dollars off your regular business. Yep. Right. Zero taxes. Boom. <laughs> like, hold on. And we did, and and conceivable that in that process we did two, maybe three deals the entire year. That's a good. Listen, times that, yeah, times that times three deals. Yeah. Right. Right. Now that's two point one million dollars. And now the real question is, what happens if you don't get to use it all? Yeah. Then you get to carry it forward to the next year. Damn right. Every year until it runs out. Indefinitely. And then here's the beauty of it. When you sell the properties, you pay capital gains tax on them. So, you're, so the tax, if you do end up having to pay tax, it's a lot less tax, or you can roll it like you just did, roll it into another deal and defer that tax. But you're always going to be paying capital gains tax on it. Unless right. you do what you want. Yeah. Right. And we just had a discussion on the 1031 process because sometimes that's good. Sometimes it all depends on the numbers of how you, what do you, what do you have to recapture? But um, now here's the great thing about this is that's, that's another partnership, right? Like we don't do this in the apartment world, even though it seems complicated and it's not as complicated as everybody thinks it is, but you just create relationships. So we have, you guys found a really great cost set guide um, that's even saving me money from the cost set guide that I had. So I'm like, and he's local to me. I'm like, perfect. Let's go use him. Um, and he's very knowledgeable and he's working with our CPA Duckett and lad. And like, so then we got smart guy, smart CPA, smart cost set guy, you know, everybody's getting together, communicating with us. All that does is create wins for, for everybody because now we're playing at a very high level and that's what, Smart business owners, when you become the problem with fix and flip, this is why I know it's dead. It should be dead. If you're if you're thinking about doing it, just don't do it. It's yeah. dead for us, that's for sure. Yeah. Because it's ago. playing at a small level. Right. Yeah. When you play at this bigger level, it's so much easier because at the low level, you do all the work. Yep. At the big level, you have professionals that do 95% of it. Yeah, and the only thing that we're really bringing is our intellectual property, and our contacts, and our net, and our, our networks, and our ability to raise capital. Yep. And because of that, we get ninety five percent of the spoils. Yep. It's a good way to live life, dude. That's called stepping it up and adding a zero. Yep. <laughs> all right. Hey, so listen for all my listeners out there. Uh, hopefully, you've enjoyed this. Uh, this episode, episode 41 of the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. As always, if you've not done so, go to that quick start workshop at kahunawealthbuilders.com right now and get your free quick start workshop. It's free. If you don't do it, you're stupid. Okay? Um, and the other thing is, if you've not done so, man, I've been needing some five-star reviews on iTunes. I know, it's, I know it takes some time. Um, Matt and Greg, if you've not left me one, I'm going to tell you right now, you got to go on iTunes. And five star me, um, but leave a little comment. Let us know because, dude, I, when I when I get that stuff, I love reading it, and it shows me that you care. But the real truth is that's going to be how we're going to save the world because we need everybody and their friends to know about this powerful thing that we call apartments. Um, that it can truly create legacy wealth 
and a lifestyle that most people only dream about. And I've searched far and wide. I feel like everybody has the same two goals. They want time and money. Right? Guys, right? Okay. Yeah, time, time, money, and happiness. And happiness, right? We'll call it the three, right? And the only thing that I found that gets you there the quickest is real estate. But it's not just real estate. It's multifamily apartments. Guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Your paradise is possible.